Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny will be sharing with us in our My Story series as he talks about others. JJ shares about his journey growing in his faith by fighting the temptation of sin with the help of friends around him. He shares how God uses others around us through trials so we don't have to walk alone in it. We will look at Galatians 6 verses 1 through 3 and what it means to carry each other's burdens. Faith is not meant to be done alone, and we're so thankful for JJ's courage to share his story. We hope you enjoy this message. Yeah, guys. So as Dallas said, I'm here to share my story with y'all. And when they were doing my story in the fall of 2018, I wasn't really thinking that I had a story. I was kind of like these people have all this like crazy stuff that's happened in their life. Like my parents haven't been divorced. My, um, nobody's like really, really close to me has like passed away. Not many things that like are really crazy have like really shaken up my life. My, I was like, my story is pretty simple. It's pretty generic, but really we all have a story and God has done different things in all of our life. Um, I grew up in a Christian home. My parents were always Christians, like, since before I was born. We've gone to church every Sunday. I've been at this church since I was, like, three months old. Like, I've been here my whole life. Um, And I didn't really go on a journey to, like, reach my faith. I was saved in kindergarten because I started figuring out the concept of what hell was. And what, and Christians, oh, like Christians don't go to hell. And as a kindergartner, hell is a scary thing. And I didn't want to go to hell. Like, so that's really why I became a Christian. I didn't understand really what Christianity meant. Having a relationship with God wasn't a thing in my life. Um, so as I moved through elementary school and middle school, um, I wasn't really, really the popular kid. I really didn't care in, in elementary school. Elementary school, m- most elementary schoolers don't care about like popularity and status. That really becomes a thing in middle school and high school more so, which was the same for me. Even though I continued growing up in a Christian home, I would start doing these things that would maybe make me a little bit cooler, but they were separating me from God a little bit, especially um, in middle school, at the start of middle school, I, I really wanted to be popular. Like, oh, if I could just be popular, um, I'll be happy, you know? If I could just have more friends, I'll be, I won't have any problems in my life. Um, so I was kind of stuck in the middle of this spectrum of being myself on one side and doing the things that the cool kids would wanted me to do. And so I was in the middle and I really didn't have a lot of friends. So really in seventh grade, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna be the person these people want me to be. I'm just gonna do all these things that they're doing. I'm gonna start cursing. I'm gonna start um, talking like them. I'm gonna start making fun of people because they do it and they seem to have a lot of friends. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I began to cuss a lot. Like it just became a part of my regular conversation. I would just say that, of course, 
My parents never heard me cuss. Like, I could control it to that point. But with my friends, like, I would cuss all the time because I was like, man, they think I'm cool now because I talk like them. Um, I... And I began to look at girls in seventh and eighth grade as, um, can I get something sexual out of this relationship? Um, I looked at every girl like, oh, could they be my girlfriend? Could they be my girlfriend? Um, I also, I became the bully that I once hated. I used to get made fun of all the time, and I hated it. Um, But now, like, I had become that person. I had started to... Um, make fun of other people just as much as I used to get made fun of. And even throughout this period, like, I wasn't happy. I thought if I just got that popularity and status, like, I would be really happy. I would have no problems in my life. But really, that wasn't the case. I struggled with anxiety and worry more in this time of my life than any other time in my life. Because I was broken. I was finding my identity in these sins so I could have more friends, but I wasn't, I wasn't letting Jesus take the wheel and Jesus really control my life. Um, so one day, one kid came up to me and he said, um, this is all he said, he said, aren't you a Christian? And I had just gotten done saying something like really mean to someone. And he came up to me and said that, and it really could just kind of hit me because I was like, I've been a Christian all my life. Like, I find my identity in living in a Christian home, always have been a Christian. But I realized, that's really when I realized Christianity isn't just, oh, I got saved when I was five years old. Um, I started to realize that I was calling myself a Christian but in reality, I wasn't living a Christian life. I began to try to cut some of these things out. I realized like, oh, I need to do this. Because even at the time I was teaching a K4 class and I was realizing like, I'm trying to teach them to be, to grow up to be good people, you know, not like good Christian people. But if they saw what I really did and if they followed in my footsteps, like, I'd be disappointed in myself. So I started to cut those things out that I was doing before slowly. Um, and at the same time, I met one of my biggest role models to this day, Dallas Greenaway, who he started, let's see, beginning of my rising eighth grade summer, he was uh, my youth pastor. And I just loved him. I loved being around him. I would always, like, everywhere he went at youth group, I'd be around him. I'd love talking to him. And what's so great about Dallas is that he's really fun and interactive, and he, like, he can still, like, tease and joke around and stuff, but you know he loves you, and he's encouraging of you every time he talks to you. Um, He's really the one who made me realize Like, at that moment, I realized, okay, Jesus, like, I'm in. You know, I'm going to walk, I'm going to walk in a Christian life because it means more than just not going to hell. 
um, I realized I wanted to be a youth pastor. I wanted, if I was going to do this, I was going to just go all in. Um, so at the time, like the next week after I was thinking about, after I really felt God calling at my heart a little bit, like maybe you should grow up to be a youth pastor, I got an assignment from one of my teachers in my communications class, and I had to job shadow someone. And for me, I really felt like that was God telling me, like, hey, this is your chance. Um, this is your chance to go job shadow him. So I job shadowed Dallas in eighth grade. I still remember the date. It was October 30th, 2016. Um, and I just had so much fun. I loved every second of it. And it was really cool to see what youth pastors do behind the scenes. Um, you, when you think about a youth pastor, you're like, yeah, they prepare a sermon for Sunday mornings. They prepare a game, maybe help with some of the songs. But they, like, they do so much more than that. And it's really cool to see like, the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff and how, like, how much he cared about every student he had um, that he wanted to make the Sunday morning like, the best that it could be. So as I moved past that point of sin in my life, I began to try to pull stuff out that I was doing that was wrong and put in maybe some good habits like reading my Bible um, and other stuff like that, praying more often. It was really a thing. I was taking stuff out and putting stuff in constantly. But Charlie spoke a few weeks ago and he talked about locking all the doors and only letting Jesus in. But I forgot to lock one, like a huge door in my heart and it really led to a lot, a lot more brokenness and a lot more shame, guilt and shame. Um, that, the, that door that I left open was lust, um, which was just a huge test of my faith. Um, I began to commit these lustful actions and I would, Satan would constantly tell me the lie. You know, it's no big deal. If you watch this, like, nobody's going to know. God's already forgiven you for this. Like, it doesn't really matter if you sin. Um, which, yes, God has already forgiven me. I realize that. But, like, that's still taking making sin less important, which in turn really kind of makes Jesus' sacrifice a little less important to you, and you take it for granted. Um, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I really didn't think it was a big deal. I was like, you know, if I, if I do this, no one's going to know. I'll still walk around with a smile on my face, but I was broken with guilt and shame, and it just dug me deeper and deeper and deeper into that hole. Um, so around the beginning of ninth grade, um, I felt really convicted by one of, the, one of Matt's sermons. I don't even know why. I don't remember what the sermon was on. I don't remember what the sermon was about. I just remember in the worship after, I was like, I need to tell Kyle and Logan what I've been doing. Um, Kyle Marks and Logan Hopper are like two of my best friends. And I know, I was like, if I'm going to tell anybody, those are the two people 
who will love me no matter what, no matter what I've done. Um, so I pulled them aside after the sermon into one of the small group rooms, and I just told them. Um, I told them I had fallen into temptation, um, and I told them how broken I was in my sin and my guilt and my shame. And we just stood there, and I cried for like five minutes, and they just held me while I cried. And it was really a thing like they were there. They were there to fight that battle with me. They were standing right there behind me, supporting me. They were those others who could support me in my walk with Christ. Um, I continued to try, I continued to have less and less of that sin in my life, but it was still creeping in right there every once in a while. Um, about a year later, it was this past, I believe, set, like October, uh, Matt, Matt Densky led a study in Hebrews. And in Hebrews 10, it talks about taking the cross for granted. And I realized that's exactly what I had been doing the whole time. I had been, I had been saying my sin was no big deal in t and in turn saying, you know, it's not a big deal if I, it's not a big deal if I sin. It's, it made Jesus' sacrifice less important. It made what he did on that cross like, oh well, like big deal. And that's, that's just heartbreaking. Um, this past January, I went to uh, S2S, uh, conference called S2S, which is Strength to Stand Conference. Um, Tim's, it's based in Alabama. Tim Scott started it. Um, and a man shared his story, like a, a story of, that happened to him. And he was an ex-Muslim. He was a Muslim when he was a kid. He turned into a Christian, and he said he had been preaching at a conference one night, and he faced a moment of temptation, and he said something that I'll never forget. He said, temptation is when the right desire is baited to be satisfied in something wrong. That had been exactly what was happening to me. These right sexual desires were being, sad, were being satisfied in something that was not okay. Um, it's, temptation is a test. You can pass, you can fail. Um, you're not going to pass every test. I'm sure all of us has, have failed a test in school once or twice. But it's important because every moment of temptation is an opportunity for victory through Christ. Uh, that, statement, that statement really changed my life because every time I was in those moments of temptation, instead of thinking it's no big deal, I started to think, you know, I have victory through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is standing right here with me in this moment of temptation. And I know he's right there. Um, a couple weeks ago, in high school, Christy Calliope talked or told her story, and she talked about stones of remembrance. And everybody got a stone that night, and she said that you could dedicate it to something. 
And so this is the stone from that night. And I dedicated it to um, that, God has brought, that God brought me through that time in my life through the others that he's brought into my life. Um, my, Kyle and Logan and Dallas, like without them, I don't know what point in my faith I would be at. Um, one, point, one point of scripture that stood out to me was Galatians one through six, or Galatians six one through three. We'll get that. We'll get to that in a minute. So if y'all want to open up there, it'll be on the screens. Um, it says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. My journey with Christ, that really stood out to me because my one word for my story when Matt was challenging me to sum up my story in one word, I chose others. Um, because really my whole story has been based around um, others in my life helping me to my faith and helping me back to a right path. Um, whether it was my parents leading me to salvation through growing up in a Christian home and um, having conversations with me or peer pressure in middle school making me want to be cool or that one kid that started a spark in my heart um, to not do the things I was doing anymore, to turn back to a Christian lifestyle. But really the most important way others have played a role in my life is through the like really close friends who are living life with me. Um, whether it's Kyle, um, I've been friend, best friends with Kyle, Mark, since I, we were five years old. And I know I can go with him go to him with anything. Um, same thing with my friend Logan Hopper. I've called him crying on the phone multiple times, and he's always there to pick up the phone and, and talk and listen. Um, and Dallas Greenaway, who really has just been the ultimate figure of like a good Christian man and a good Christian leader, um, living a godly life and who really has just committed his life to God. Um, and even though he's 28 or whatever, like, and I'm 16 or 15, he's still like one of my closest friends and he still bears my burdens. Um, faith isn't something meant to be done on your own. We must have each other and uh, each other who have strong Christian relationships to laugh with us, to cry with us, to catch us when we fall, to call us out on stuff, and ultimately to bear the burdens that our back can't hold, as Paul says in Galatians. I just challenge y'all to think about who are those people in your life who, when you're going through these times of temptation, 
and facing these battles, who are those people who you can go to and you can tell them, confess to them in the small group room? You can call them when you're crying. Who are those people in your life? If you can't think of anybody, maybe you need to pray and ask God to bring someone into your life like that. Or maybe there's someone in your life who you want to be like tight like that with and you need to go talk to them and be like, hey, like I wanna live life not only as your friend but as one of your best friends living life with you and walking in your faith with you. I just challenge y'all to think about that as your week goes on and allow those people to um, be a part of your life. That's all I got. Um, Let's pray, guys. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you that we can come on this beautiful morning to church and worship you. Um, I pray that we don't take that for granted and we constantly allow you and others who love you to be a part of our life every day. In your name I pray, amen.